A slippery road, a sliding truck, and a tra trailer in a ditch. This episode of Barn Stories is a dramatic tale that illustrates how a few terrifying seconds can bring your relationship with your horse into sharp focus. Welcome to the Barn Stories podcast. I'm Lori Prins, editor of Equus Magazine. And I'm managing editor Christine Barakat. This podcast features our favorite essays and articles published in Equus over the past 40 years. Although Equus is known for articles on horse care and veterinary research, our editorial mission has always been guided by the bond that exists between horses and people. And each issue has featured a real-life story that celebrates how horses enrich our lives and touch our hearts. We searched our archives, chosen the stories that resonated with our readers, and given them new life in this audio format. Longtime subscribers may recognize some of their favorite pieces. And if you're new to the Equus community, these stories will confirm that no matter what sort of saddle you sit in, a deep emotional connection to horses is something we all share. I will start with a trigger warning. If you've had a traumatic experience with a trailer accident, this episode may be hard to listen to. It tells the story of a nearly catastrophic incident that occurred when a college student was hauling her horse back to campus after winter break. Years ago, when we were preparing to publish this story, I remember being riveted by the description of the accident. Now hearing it read aloud, it's even more gripping. But this story just isn't about the wreck. The story is about how Skye's owner truly understands and appreciates her mare. Skye is a fiery, sensitive barrel horse, ready to race at a moment's notice and bursting with energy. But she's had the gift of a patient owner, so she's also trusting and calm when she needs to listen. That makes Skye not only a fun horse to ride, but improves her chances of survival when the trailer she's riding in slides off the road and into a ditch. So let's listen to Sky's Surprising Reserve, written by Teresa Ireton and read by Taylor Autumn. When I first met her, Sky was a mare with a lot of issues to work through. I was looking for a younger horse, but something about the almost black appendix quarter horse caught my heart, even if my brain was left out of the loop and I spontaneously decided to buy her. In four years, I've never regretted that decision. Sure, there were many times that I doubted my abilities to train and handle her properly, and she is still a hot horse. She now walks quietly out to her barrel patterns, but it takes only a twitch of the rein for her fire to burst to the surface. Her sensitivity to even the lightest of cues sometimes gives a person the unsettling feeling of riding a stick of lit dynamite. Nonetheless, she has become the eager and fun, yet quiet and controllable barrel horse I wanted her to be. It's hard to believe that a horse with this much energy could have a level head. But she has proved it to me several times now. She once stood for hours tangled in barbed wire before she was rescued, and she escaped without a scratch. When she cast herself, she lay quietly, until we could pull her far enough away from the wall to allow her to rise. Neither of those incidents, however, compares with what happened to us in January 2000, when Skye showed me what a treasure she truly is. I was returning to college at Washington State University in Pullman after Christmas break, a seven-hour haul almost completely across the state. Skye had come home with me for the long vacation, and now... I was taking her back in my two-horse, straight-load, bumper-pulled trailer. Heading out, I knew I'd face one serious challenge in the road ahead. We had to cross White Pass, a high mountain road, 
that had recently received several inches of snow. But we reached the pass and got through with no troubles, and the rest of the trip would be all blue sky and dry pavement. An easy drive. Or so I thought. Dusk was falling as we arrived in Colfax, only 28 miles from Pullman. Our trip was almost over as we picked up speed on the other side of town. I thought I felt the trailer shifting a little as we rounded a few corners. The road seemed dry, but it was hard to be sure, and the dropping temperatures could make even a slightly damp road slippery. I picked up my CB to ask my boyfriend, Scott, how the driving was. He was out ahead of me somewhere in his pickup, and he told me he was doing 45 miles per hour with no problems and hadn't noticed any slipperiness. That reassured me. If Scott's light pickup wasn't having traction problems, then certainly my heavier blazer, carrying the weight of the trailer tongue on its rear tires, would be just fine. I wish now that I had listened to my own instincts. While doing 35 miles per hour, I caught up with a truck that was going quite a bit slower. I hesitated, wondering if he was going so slow because he thought it was slippery too. But then I remembered that Scott was going much faster, so I decided to pass the truck. The passing lane was clear, I touched the gas, and the powerful engine responded. As I shifted to the left, the rear end of the blazer suddenly kicked out to the right. Unworried, I steered to correct. Nothing happened. I steered more sharply. Suddenly, I realized something had gone horribly wrong. It's only natural you want what's best for your horse. Wholesome blends from Tribute Superior Equine Nutrition combine specially selected whole seeds and vegetables with a premium level of balanced nutrition. Crafted using the safest manufacturing practices, Wholesome Blends feeds are 100% soy-free with no added iron. For a buy three, get one free coupon, visit tributeequinenutrition.com. I still remember the sick, powerless feeling that filled me as we started to slide sideways. The horse trailer swung around until it was beside me. Then it pulled the rear of the truck around as it passed me, jackknifing, and we spiraled sideways and backwards across two lanes into oncoming traffic. I didn't have time to be scared. Then abruptly we were out of pavement, and for one eerie moment we were airborne. With a crash of breaking glass, the blazer landed heavily on its passenger side and slid a few feet into the mud. Stunned, I closed my eyes for a moment, thinking, this isn't happening. It has to be a dream. Numbly, I turned off the engine and looked out to the ditch illuminated by headlights. Then reality came rushing back. Frantically, I found the CB and screamed for Scott. Panicking, I struggled to get out, not realizing that I was still wearing my seatbelt. With the headlight buzzer sounding in my ears, I ripped off my seatbelt and immediately fell onto the passenger door. Scrambling to get up, I heard Scott's voice answering on the CB, and I screamed that I needed him here now. I flung down the mic and managed to push open the blazer's heavy door. A blast of cold air struck me as I frantically climbed out. A woman was standing on the side of the ditch, shouting something at me. Is there anyone else in the vehicle? Are you alone? Are you okay? I sent my husband to call 911. I looked at her blankly as I leaped to the ground. She spoke to me again. I paused. What was wrong with her? Couldn't she see how desperately I needed to see my horse? My horse! Oh my god, my horse! 
I suddenly realized I was screaming. The trailer was deathly silent. Ignoring the woman, I fought back panic as I sprinted and stumbled, half-sobbing to the trailer, lying on its side in the ditch. The sounds I had heard during our sickening spin across the slick road came flooding back. Sky had been scrambling in a panic in the out-of-control trailer, and I desperately tried to avoid thoughts of why the trailer was now so completely quiet. Uninvited pictures crowded into my mind, Sky lying in a pool of blood, Sky twisted in a crumpled heap with a broken neck. No, no, don't think about it. Rounding the corner to face the back of the trailer, I stopped short. Sky's door on the driver's side was pushed out almost six inches, and the latch was mangled. I couldn't even open it. Still no sounds came from within. Whimpering, I looked at the other door, trying to press all the horrible images out of my mind. I ripped open the passenger side door and let it fall to the mud like a ramp. I stopped short when I heard the sound from within. A knicker. It was Skye's usual, I'm ready to get out of the trailer now, knicker. I almost sobbed with relief, knowing that Skye was still alive. But still, I feared I would find her down, unable to rise, in a tangled mess, possibly with broken bones. As carefully as I could, I ducked under the stuck door to crawl into the trailer. As soon as I was inside, I paused again, almost dumbfounded with amazement. Sky was standing. The inside of the trailer was a chaos, with rubber floor mats and hay strewn everywhere. Sky must have fallen at least once. Her withers were crammed against the side, now the ceiling, of the trailer, and her head was turned far to the right and lowered to avoid the center divider. There was absolutely no other way she could have gotten to her feet in the contorted space. But she had done it. And now she was standing quietly, waiting to be let out. Almost sobbing with relief, I tried to examine her in the near darkness. I could hardly see, but then an older gentleman walked up with a flashlight. I probably wouldn't recognize him if I saw him again, but I remember his easy, comforting presence, his calloused hands, and his gentle manner with my horse. Sky was relatively unhurt. Fortunately, I had not tied her, but her halter had caught on something and taken the skin off of her face in several places. Some scrapes on her legs were bleeding, and she had one cut under her jaw that later needed to be stapled. We were very lucky. My next impulse was to get her out of that trailer, but it took only a second to realize that I couldn't. The center divider at the rear of the trailer was now a chest-high barrier. Sky wasn't going anywhere. Scott arrived just as I remembered that my two cats were still in the blazer. He climbed in and found one of them trapped under my laundry basket. The other, terrified, was running back and forth. Both were unhurt. Scott put them in his truck, and together we waited for help to arrive. Sky took all of this in stride. She became upset if she was left alone. So I stood with her, stroking her and trying to regain some measure of composure. As long as I was with her, she stood quietly, occasionally shifting her weight to relieve the pressure on her withers. The state police arrived and immediately called the fire department. Once they arrived, they examined the trailer and decided the center support beam had to be cut away. We decided to use a torch, but since they would be working so close to Skye's hindquarters, they would need to sedate her first. Finding a veterinarian was a challenge, since it was after 8 p.m. on a Sunday. 
Finally, we located one, but she was more than 20 miles away. And so we waited. The firemen found a nice couple about a quarter mile away who said they would take Skye for the night once we got her out. With the panic finally ebbing, I tried not to think about the damage to my truck, which I had spent the entire summer working on, nor about the mangled trailer, which we had just finished restoring and painting. But I was immensely glad that I had spent the extra money to replace the glass windows with plexiglass, which stood up under Skye's weight. It was almost an hour before the veterinarian arrived and gave Skye an injection of rompin. The gentleman who had been with us from the start offered his bandana to cover Skye's eyes as the firemen cut my trailer apart with their torch. She never flinched as the noise, sparks, flashing, and smoke assailed her from only a few feet away. The Barn Stories podcast is made with you, the listener, in mind, so we'd like to get to know you better. After this episode, visit equismagazine.com slash podcast to take our brief listener survey. Once I thought her blanket would catch fire as the sparks flew within inches of her haunches, but Skye never moved. Finally, they lifted away the door and pulled out the divider. The state patrol officer had been concerned that Skye would bolt out of the trailer the moment she could, so I was ready, holding her with a long rope. Sky, however, backed down the door makeshift ramp as though she were unloading at any old place. Her withers caught on the lip of the door, and she nearly stumbled, but she recovered and calmly stepped backward, out into the cold darkness. In her drug state, she leaned heavily on me as we staggered toward the distant barn, but I could not have been more proud of her. I couldn't imagine any other horse, especially one as high-strung as Sky walking away from that accident with only superficial wounds. The next day, the owner of Skye's boarding barn came with his trailer to take her the last few miles of her journey. I was worried about loading her, and I wouldn't have blamed her if she never wanted to go anywhere near a trailer again. But she stepped right in. Once again, I was so proud of her, I nearly burst. I was ashamed that I had doubted her confidence. Over the next few months, my dad and brother put my trailer back into working order. It certainly isn't pretty, but it is functional, and we triple-checked it to make sure it was roadworthy. The first time she saw it again, skyloaded right in. Fear still grips me when I think about that accident, but Sky seems to have perfect confidence that I will not allow her to be hurt, and she trusts that getting into the trailer is a good idea. She amazes me. Truly, she is one in a million. People still tell me that my horse is too high-strung, that she can be crazy and too full of energy. I can't deny this. Sky can be one hot little mare. But I have also seen her face down tremendous danger with a cool and collected manner that would shame the most bomb-proof of horses. She may have given me reasons to doubt her, as I struggled with her training over the years. But I'm glad I never gave up on her. She has rewarded my perseverance more thoroughly than I ever could have hoped. Thanks for listening to Barn Stories. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have a favorite article or essay from the Equus Archives that you'd like us to feature in a future podcast, let us know. You can reach us at equusbarnstories, all one word, at gmail.com. Did you enjoy this episode of Barn Stories? 
head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Thanks for listening. The Barn Stories Podcast is a production of the Equine Podcast Network, an entity of the Equine Network.